नमस्ते सदा वत्सले मातृभूमि बिफोर वी गो इन टू दिस एपिसोड आई जस्ट वॉन्ट यू टू नो दैट दिस एपिसोड इज बेस्ड ऑन द बुक सावरकर एकोस फ्रॉम द फॉर्गॉटन पास्ट रिटन बाय डॉक्टर विक्रम सांपत द गुड थिंग अबाउट दिस बुक इज दैट वी स्टार्ट ऑफ विथ द एनवायरमेंट अराउंड विच विनायक जी सावरकर वॉज ग्रोइंग अप इन Savarkar was born in 1883 but this book starts off a little before it so that we can establish what was going on in the country at the time the environment in which a child grows up will have a very significant impact on the child's development and what kind of a man the kid will grow up to become in 1875 there were riots in the Maharashtra region because of agricultural reasons in 1876-77 the Maharashtra region saw a very severe famine and also epidemics of cholera and smallpox this led to a formation of a commission in 1879 and the deccan agriculturist act of 1879 was introduced this act would protect farmers from arrest if they were unable to pay back their debts but this was too little too late the seeds of unsatisfaction were planted in among the local people and uh, it was clear that time of british in paradise was coming to an end at this point we need to know about two additional people number 1 is richard temple who was administrator in east india company from 1847 to 1880 and the second person is edward lytton who was the viceroy of india from 1876 to 1880 and he was also the governor of bombay from 1877 to 1880 for the purposes of this episode i will call them ricky and eddie as you can see ricky has a very vast experience working in india for close to 33 years so he writes a letter to eddie explaining the history of the people in the maharashtra region You see Ricky was underestimating the things that were happening around them around the British I mean there was a brigand leader Vasudev Balwant Phalke who led a bloody rebellion against the British he wasn't taken seriously slowly but surely Ricky realized that the music was coming to an end and uh, Eddie needs to know about it so in his letter ricky starts by explaining that there's a common misconception among the british that british were considering mohammedans who were the rulers of india before them ricky explains that this is true in a restricted sense the whole picture is it was the peshwas 
who were replaced by the British. So 1818 was when the British gained complete control over the Maratha Empire. This episode is based on Savarkar Echoes from a Forgotten Past by Dr. Vikram Sampath. Do get a copy from your nearest bookstore or wherever you get your books online. Now, back to the episode. Many ruling communities lost their uh, feelings of public shame and disgrace due to their uh, defeat by the British. But for the Peshwas, especially the Chitpavan Brahmin community, the defeat was worse than losing their life. This was due to their uh, self-respecting nature. It's believed that Chitpavan Brahmins are the descendants of Bhagwan Parshuram and moved to the Konkan coast of Maharashtra from Iran. They moved inward and were not seen as equals by the Deshastra Brahmins who were in the elite positions of the administration, army and the key positions of the Maratha Empire. But slowly, the Chitpavans started acquiring the necessary knowledge to qualify them for elite positions and gained all the necessary skills to climb up the administrative and uh, political ladders. After the demise of Maharaja Chhatrapati Shivaji, the establishment of the Peshwa rule, the Peshwas who were the prime ministers of the descendants of Shivaji were Chitpavan Brahmins. The Chitpavans who started off as priests, traders and farmers have become prime ministers, military generals, administrators and landholders. This all came to a screeching halt in 1818 after the fall of the Maratha Empire. All the political advantages, subsidies and the hereditary advantages the Chitpavans enjoyed were lost under the British rule. The administrative services established by the British required new skills like speaking in English, for example. The Chitpavans again reinvented themselves and equipped themselves with the new skills by taking the colonial English education and taking up majority of the civil administrative positions. According to Dr. Vikram Sampath's research, in Bombay Presidency, 75% of the district revenue collectors were Brahmins, mostly Chitpavan Brahmins. According to Public Service Commission of Bombay, 41.25% of deputy collectors were Brahmins. And by 1886, 28.8% of the subordinate judges were Chitpavans. But Ricky explains in his letter that 
even though the chitpavans benefited by reinventing themselves they still resented the british for the downfall of the maratha empire and therefore political and military fall of the chitpavans since the 1820s ricky says that chitpavans are bound and united by their national sentiments and bounds of india itself nothing that the british do in terms of education and advancement in political services satisfies the chitpavans ricky continues by saying never has he known in india a national and political ambition so continuous so enduring so far reaching and so utterly impossible for the british to satisfy as the chitpavans savarkar ji was born in this chitpavan community which also includes prominent freedom fighters like balgangadhar tilak senapati bopat anant lakshman kanhare vinoba bhave just to name a few many of the prominent figures of the hindu reform movement were chitpavan brahmins even savarkar ji was against the caste system vinayak savarkar was born in bhagor which is located 22 kilometers from nashik peshwas granted the ancestors of vinayak ji and so savarkars were the jagirs of bhagor during the maratha rule vinayak ji's father damodar pant savarkar and uh, mother radha bai savarkar were keen about poetry which explains why vinayak ji was also a prolific marathi poet savalkar had uh, an elder brother ganesh and uh, younger siblings mayana and narayan the early life his picturesque village were subjects of his poems savalkar was a very religious and curious boy his father was an avid reader and so was savarkar radhabai sadly passed away when she was in her 30s and uh, savarkar was just 9 years old damodar never remarried and took on the responsibilities of both parents by himself from a young age savalkar ji was against casteism his best friends growing up were people who were considered as a lower caste and were from poor backgrounds his two best friends belonged to the tailor community and savalkar ji and the darji boys ate together at the darji house the mother of darji boys treated savalkar ji as her own son savalkar and his friends often built a mock temple performed puja together as an 
all caste ritual this was their favorite pastime savalkar ji was a voracious reader much beyond his age he would read books and newspapers loudly so that he and his friends could discuss about the topics and become knowledgeable together this deepened the feelings of community living and harmony from a very young age if you would like to know more about what happened in the life of vinayak damodar savarkar consider following this podcast wherever you get your podcast and if you'd like to support this podcast visit buymeacoffee.com/chinto samartha bhavatva shishade prasham jai shri ram jai shri krishna